Coming up on the Soundwriter Show, it's a special April C-19 Lockdown Edition. We're going to be talking about the effects of the COVID-19 virus on the local region, on the national scale. But we're going to talk about some other things, too. We're going to have some fun here. We're going to talk about how you know when you're a two-wheel monkey. And we'll also be talking about how to offset your motocarbon emissions. It's all coming up next on the Soundwriter Show. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Clem's Enum Klopp Power Sports, your South Sound destination for your favorite brands like Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Can-Am, and Kimco. And Clem's goes beyond motorcycles to satisfy all your outdoor passions with a full line of UTVs, ATVs, snowmobiles, personal watercraft, and cargo trailers. Have you got a dirt bike you want to convert to a snow bike? Visit Clem's today and discover all the possibilities. Hello, this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Well, here we are on the Soundwriter Show. It's the April 2004. And I don't mean 2004. I mean the 2020 show in the fourth month of the year. And it's probably the craziest time in the history of man for like 100 years since maybe the Spanish flu. I don't know. Um, We are... Scattered about. Actually, Connie is here in the studio with me. Hello. And uh, Derek is in the field. He's reporting from the field today. Say hello to everybody, Derek. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this uh, month's episode, I will be the self-appointed editor at home. Uh, <laughs> there you go. The self-isolating editor. Sh- uh, yeah, definitely uh, sheltered in place here. And I can't see you guys, but I certainly hope that you're more than six feet apart or there is going to be trouble. I'm going to get Inslee <laughs> on the phone. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see us because I put the black tape over the camera on the laptop here. <laughs> that's because nobody wears clothes anymore. We're all at home, so we don't that's want people right. seeing us. Yeah, you don't have any pants on, so we don't want to see you. No, the uh, Sound Rider Show, pantsless since uh, <laughs> April of uh, 2020. Uh, all right, so uh, so we're working with the best audio we can right now. Um, it's going to be a different show for sure, but we're going to cover motorcycle topics. Uh, obviously, we need to cover this C19 topic. And then we're going to, uh, when we take our break, we'll come back and we're going to have a little fun and we're going to talk about experiences that happen on a motorcycle that don't happen in the car, which is what divides us between motor vehicle operators and motorcyclists. And it's it's part of what makes us motorcyclists. And then um, the last segment, we're going to, uh, we're going to cover... How to offset your moto carbon emissions. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, here we are riding these motorcycles around, and we are creating a carbon footprint with them. Uh, so to feel a little bit better about it, there's probably a few things we can do to offset that, and there definitely is, and we'll cover those. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun show today. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, it's always fun here on the uh, Soundwriter Show, and whether or not it sounds like I'm uh, broadcasting from a Turkish prison, I can assure <laughs> our listeners here that I am uh, I'm stoked and ready to go, and you know, I think we should dive right in, and let's uh, address the COVID elephant in the room and the impact on the local scene here. What do you say? All right, so let's talk about um, a couple things. First one is what's going on at the dealers. What do you know? Well, I tell you, man, the, the dealers, they were, they were fighting a valiant fight for the first couple of weeks here. But mm-hmm. uh, reality has certainly set in towards the end of March. And as we roll into April here, we are starting to see some, you know, full out closures. For the most part, at least here in Washington and in the greater Seattle area, people have elected to do appointment only shopping, maintaining that uh, social distance that we hear so much about. And service departments have uh, graciously fallen under the essential services sort of mandate. So you can still get your bike serviced. You can still buy things by appointment only. But, um, you know, as we record this anyway, we don't have a full picture. We don't have a full end in sight. So that's what I'm hearing. But how about you? Well, so you're right. Uh, I'm hearing all those things. And uh, I think uh, right now is a really great opportunity to work on your bike and get it ready for spring which could be a little tough if your local dealer did a full shutdown. So you, you do need to pick up the phone and call them. Don't, don't hit them with an instant message off of Facebook. These guys are probably running on skeleton crews in the first place. They may not be checking the Facebook. Just pick up the phone and call in and see if they're there so that you can order up a battery over the phone and have, it bring them, have them bring it out to your curbside or get oil or or um, spark plugs, whatever you need. Uh, but a lot of them are still there because what people don't realize is that they are an essential service. There's a lot of public utilities that they do ATVs for. Uh, there's the Washington State Patrol that they do repair for. So many of them are still functioning, and you'll just need to find out on a case-by-case basis who's out there. Well, what about people who commute on their bikes, and that's their only vehicle? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you do you do need to know, and, and uh, to be honest, with you. I haven't checked my local dealer yet to see if they're open because I'm still trying to take care of other stuff I should have done three years ago around here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, you mentioned the the importance of calling ahead too. I know a lot of dealers have also switched to it, at least officially, a cashless system. So if you Mm -hmm. are going to go and pick up that battery, they may want to take your credit card information over the phone. So when they see that red Toyota pickup truck pull up, they can just drop it in the back and you can go out without any contact. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. unless you want to instant message your credit card information. No, you know, no, you don't want to do that. Yeah, and let people know what's going on there. But, you know, related to that, too, I think it's super important. Obviously, everybody is struggling. You know, and a lot of industries um, have almost completely collapsed. But now more than ever, the importance of shopping at your local dealer don't wait for Amazon to bring you those spark plugs. You know, a few extra bucks here and there can go a long ways if you're going to do that maintenance. Yeah, you want to keep your local guys going. And That's and, right. and you know, you were you and I were just talking about it because you're trying to get a new microphone. Uh, you can't even get stuff from Amazon that's non-essential product in their minds. So that's right. You know, so if you want, sheet. if you want, uh, um, I don't know. You can't even get toilet paper, and that's essential. Yeah, that is essential. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're still delivering food within a pretty quick time frame. So if you're ordering up, uh, you know, whatever it may, may be, a bag of jerky or, or anything like that, you'll get that within a couple of days. But yeah, I'm I've getting seen, vitamins right away, but but not... Other, uh, yeah, other things are up to a month out before, and they wow. have them in stock. They show in stock, but they're saying, look, we're not going to ship them to you until April 20th or whatever it may be. So, wow. Well, you know, I'm sure they're having trouble with employees being sick, too. Everybody's... You know, you gotta stay stay down if you're sick. It's not like you can come and hope to to make it. So uh, uh, let's talk about uh, the events that got canceled. Um, we're trying to do our best on the Soundwriter calendar by noting the events that are canceled on the calendar, as well as noting if that event is going to be rescheduled or not. So uh, the big ones were. Uh, Supercross, which, as far as I know, isn't hasn't been rescheduled yet. You know anything yeah, about that? I have not heard any uh, rescheduling information. And really, the second half of March and the first half of April was pretty much a complete wash. And uh, I now, I think, where everybody is just kind of waiting on bated breath if uh, anything in May is going to happen. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Because I, I think we're going to see a shutdown into the middle of May. And uh, based on what we've seen in other parts of the world, where, you know, Wuhan had a full two-month lockdown, and I don't see why we'd be any different, especially with the, with the high numbers that are going on, particularly back in New York right now. But that's just going to affect the whole country because people move around. So Yes. Yeah, we're definitely, I mean, we're, look, we're an individualist society. That is one of the reasons why motorcycling is so popular here. And, uh, it's, it's going to be tricky. And we certainly, I tell you, it really rang true for me when, uh, the Desert 100, which normally would have been here early in April, when that was canceled, I, that really made me go, oh boy, we're, we're in for something different here. Now, there was some talk maybe about rescheduling that for October. I hadn't heard that. I thought that they had officially announced that they were just going to do it next year. Okay. But I'd have to double-check on that. Okay. Well, and let me give you a little insight to the Soundwriter events that are scheduled. Yeah, let's talk about that. What's going on here at home? So right now we're in the middle of the uh, – well, we're not in the middle. We're at the front end of the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour, which people can do anytime they want between now and the end of September. Uh, we're not canceling that event because, you know, seven months is plenty of time, and if you only had five to do it, you still got plenty of time yeah. to get to all those places. Uh, the second reason we're not going to cancel is because all these restaurants need some help. So once things open up again, we hope that you'll get on your bike and you'll get out and you'll, you'll go to these restaurants. Uh, as, as always, you don't have to eat at them, but we would highly recommend that you – you do get a meal when you go to them. If they're doing, you know, takeout or something. Yeah, I mean, there's some that you could go and do takeout with right now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to not go do it. But, um, you know, 15 locations scattered all over the Pacific Northwest. You're not, right now, you're not going to have an easy time finding accommodations on the overnight stops and yeah. that sort of thing. So, so uh, that's where that is at. Uh, the road trip tour, which is scheduled for June 1st, is still a go. So anybody who has signed up for it, we hope that they had made their hotel motel reservations along the way 
And we're just going to play that one by ear because obviously the the timeline on this lockdown is going to determine if it's going to go off or not. If it doesn't, what I will do with it is I will move it to probably early October. And uh, the rally in the gorge is on as scheduled. I think we're going to be far enough down the road. We don't have to worry about doing any changes for that. Um, we don't have a Sasquatch tour scheduled at this time. Uh, we do have a pre-rider or a pre-riding team who's ready to go pre-ride it. Uh, but I'm going to have to wait and see what happens with the road trip. If we do the road trip, in June, we'll probably figure out a way to get a, a Sasquatch tour on the schedule. Otherwise, uh, we're probably looking at no Sasquatch this year. So that's kind well, of an update on that stuff. I think, uh, you know, for the road trip tour in particular, you can't go June or October. You can't go wrong in the Cascade. Certainly, everybody hopes that it's June and we're back to normal. But, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of good riding and uh, a lot of good scenery to take in in October as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other thing that's a factor on the road trip tour is because this year it does go around the Cascade Loop, uh, State Highway 20, they have uh, suspended clearing on that. They, they had started to clear it, but they don't want the work crews out there working together right now. So they've suspended it until further notice. And so if if they don't get the road open, I'm either going to have to reroute the whole thing or we're going to have to uh, – We'll just move it to October if we have to. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people are obviously once uh, this mandate has been lifted, and like I said, we're all hopeful it's sooner than later. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, eager eagerness to get back out on the road. I know I am uh, already starting to kind of climb the walls here a little bit, to put it mildly, and I think a lot of people are going to be looking to get out and do some camping or some or some motorcycle touring. At least I'm certainly hopeful for that because the industry will certainly need that sort of stimulus. I, I totally agree with you. And it's probably something that people need to be aware of is that, you know, all of a sudden the state parks are going to fill up with reservations uh, of which they're probably already full on a lot of dates further out, but all these uh, reservations got canceled and these people are going to want to rebook. So it's going to be a, a busy, busy time out there in uh, travel land. Mm-hmm. So camping, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, we also have to hope that even if the immediateness of what we're going through now eases off, there may still be some restrictions later, further down the road in terms of groups of 200 or groups of, you know, Mm -hmm. more. So it may be like most of life is getting back, but you still can't have big events. And that's going to impact things like the rally if that's still happening. Yeah, I thought about that early on when they started to talk about restrictions of groups of 250 or more. Mm-hmm. Then we'd have to put a restriction on the rally, and that would include the number of volunteers and that sort of yeah. thing. So, And I think we'll have to make sure all the tents are at least six feet apart. Okay, we got yeah, room to was, do that. <laughs> I was going to say, I can see it now. As soon as you roll in, you get assigned uh, to Connie, and she's got duct tape. She's going to give you your square. <laughs> And I'm not messing around, boy. You listen That's to me. Right. Someone's going to sponsor, like, maybe maybe Rock will sponsor dog leashes in. Those are six feet long. And then you just <laughs> you use go. your rock leash to figure out if you're six feet apart from the guy in the tent next to you. <laughs> uh, what else? Was there one more thing we want to cover on this? 
Well, you know, I wanted to get both your uh, your guys' take on um, just what you think the impact that this may have if this does run, you know, for a few more weeks or a few a few more months. We've seen some of the major OEMs roll back production sort of in anticipation of obvious short term there is going to be a, uh, a dip in demand. But I think that maybe they're starting to forecast that longer term as well. This might uh, have some impact. And then I start to wonder about things like uh, stimulus-based interest rates. Are we going to see a lot of 0% financing coming out of this? How will that affect the second-hand market? Um, a lot to chew on just as we try to project ahead here in the, in the motorsports world. Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, I think we're going to see a whole lot of 0% financing going on. Um, and, you know, some, some fat rates, like we're, obviously we're here in the United States, so we hear about Ford and GM having to build ventilators. Well, what do you think Honda is doing in Japan right now? Mm-hmm. You think maybe they're building some ventilators? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, you know. I hadn't even considered that. But I would imagine so that uh, all over the world, any of these factories have probably been – in, in many areas, reassigned to more important needs. Yeah, I, I may be wrong, but I thought I had heard that Honda was making toilet paper. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That gives a, uh, a whole new meaning to the phrase, ride red. <laughs> well, well, and maybe, you know, maybe in uh, Italy, uh, you, you'll be able to buy a Ducati when uh, for an extra $10, you can get a ventilator with it if they build, to, you know, if they yeah. overbuild ventilators where they're yeah. not needed anymore you know for the next pandemic let's be ready yeah i don't know i hear those italian ventilators they look good but they're really a lot of trouble <laughs> to maintain. a lot of maintenance a lot yeah. of maintenance it's those overhead cams they got i don't know <laughs> right those dry clutches in the ventilators i tell you yeah. <laughs> i tell you <ya. laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about our own experiences. All of us have individual experiences on the bike, but it's, it is what makes us motorcyclists, and we'll get into it. Support for Soundrider and the Soundrider Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hi, this is Carl. I live in Yakima, Washington. One of my favorite places to ride is Northeast Oregon because there's nobody out there. Hi, this is Delvine Manning from the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. are back on the Soundwriter Show, the special April C-19 edition. And uh, we're going to take your mind off of C-19 for a while now, and we're just going to share uh, experiences about what makes us motorcyclists, or as I like to say, what makes us a two-wheel monkey. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I got to looking at uh, several different articles the other day about what makes somebody a real motorcyclist and 
you know, some of this beating the chest stuff and that sort of thing. But honestly, there's just a lot of things that carve it out for people differently. Uh, I, I think anybody who rides a motorcycle is a motorcyclist. That's that's what it really comes down to. But there are things that happen to us on the motorcycle that don't happen to us in the car. And uh, we're just going to kind of roll through them. So I have bullet points here. I'll call them out. And if either of you have an experience to share, uh, let's hear it. So first one is uh, you've ridden uncomfortably in the cold and learned how to do it comfortably since. Very good experience. I mean, that's a that's a great example, right? I mean, we all start with sort of minimal gear, and uh, shortly after, we find ourselves in a position where maybe, oftentimes, it's altitude or just a late night where the sun goes down, and you think, uh, you know what? I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that usually comes on the tail of a nice day too. So it it can kind of put a damper on a good experience. Exactly. Like you're hoping to get to where you were going sooner than later, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, probably my first memory of this is really early on. I got on the back of your bike and we took off and it started raining and I thought, I just want to go home. I mean, that was my, it hadn't really even started yet. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is bad news because I really hadn't been on a motorcycle in, 25, well, yeah, 25 years or something. And uh, instead, I found, because you had me completely geared up, I had mm-hmm. all the right gear, I had all the right clothing, and it was just like the raindrops were ticking on the helmet. And I was like staying inside in front of the fire on a really stormy day. <laughs> you know, I was completely comfortable and yet out in the rain. It was really a fun experience. Okay, so you weren't you weren't freezing or no. shivering or anything? No, it was just, it was like I thought it was going to be horrible. And it turned out to be really great. Oh, that's good. So I dressed you well on yes, your you first ride. Yes, you dressed me well. And, yeah. and, and that was the other nice thing is that you would not let me ride behind you unless I was completely geared up. Right. So. Yeah. It's because I had yeah. to learn myself, you know, how to, how to do it. Uh, uh, I had a numerous cold rides. Ugh. And the one I remember the most was when I went out to Union, Washington – to meet with Gordon Gerbing oh, yeah. to get some heated clothing. And it had snowed the day before. The roads were clear, but it was still only 30 degrees out. And uh, that was the coldest ride I ever had on a motorcycle. And you know, Gordon did exactly the perfect thing. He hooked me up with heated <laughs> gear. I was going to say, you probably walked in and said, I'll take one of everything. <laughs> Well, how about this uh, rite of passage where you head out on your weekend or multi-day motorcycle touring trip and you think, all right, I'm going to be budget conscious and I'm going to camp and I'm going to do this right the whole way. And then you get into a little bit of cold rain (laughs) and you go, I'm going to stay at the nicest hotel, the first (laughs) hotel that I see. I don't care what it costs. There is no way that I'm going to pitch that tent and I'm going to go through that and it just blows your budget out the window on day one. And you're staying someplace that has a nice restaurant in the hotel. Absolutely, yeah. Your bike is sitting out there with nothing but canned chili and MREs and you're in a nice T-bone getting ready to go to the hot tub thinking, all right. I sort of had one like that where I, I went to Mount Baker 
And uh, on the way back down from Mount Baker, it just dumped horribly. And I, I didn't, I, I had, uh, I had leather pants on, yes. and I had uh, a Joe Rocket jacket on that was leaky, leaky, leaky. Uh. And by the time I got to Bellingham, I was soaking wet. I got off the highway and I went to Motel Six and checked in. And I uh, was able to get my gear dried out. I went over to dinner at Stuart Anderson's, spent the night at the hotel, kept the room about 80 degrees that <laughs> night. So the leather's all all dried out too. And then I went home the next day. But I hadn't planned to stay out two nights or two days that time. So It's not always uh, the best thing to stay out thinking, I can make it home. I can do it. I can do it. And then you're, you know, it's horrible. You can cause yeah. big trouble. I think we've all had those moments where we've pushed it a little too far, and then you come up to a stop sign, and you can't get your foot down. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're too frozen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about this one, Derek? You ever been attacked by tumbleweeds? Are you there? Uh-oh. Oh, he's not there. Ah, sorry. We had a little Skype cut out. I got, <laughs> have you ever, and then dot, dot, dot. Oh, been... So uh, the question was, have you ever been attacked by tumbleweeds? Oh, yes, absolutely. You catch one of those big ones coming up from a westerly wind, that can that can darn near knock you off the bike. Really? Okay. I uh, yeah, I know I was that, attacked you know, by them, but they all broke uh, up. New Mexico, Utah. Okay, so the ones that you got attacked by were still alive. The ones I got attacked by were dead. So I guess there's different ways to be attacked by tumbleweeds. <laughs> or maybe there's just some mean tumbleweeds out there. Well, the the dead ones that hit me, they, they just exploded and broke up and uh. didn't cause any trouble for me. I, I was expecting to get knocked over or whatever, and they just disintegrated when mm. they hit me. And I think Derek was riding where there there's uh, tougher fresh. tumbleweeds. Yeah. <laughs> what did happen? Did they almost knock you over? Uh-oh, we've lost him Uh-oh. again. In and out. This is what happens when everybody's working at home and all the connections are... Well, we'll have to see if he comes back. Yeah. When you get back on, Derek, let us know. Uh, Connie. Yes. Uh, did you ever did you ever cross a graded bridge? You know, I think I've been on the back of your bike, perhaps. Oh, you probably did cross a graded bridge, like the Ballard Bridge or the Fremont Bridge. Oh, well, bridge. sure, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you remember how that experience was? I know I was nervous about it, probably being an inexperienced rider, but I don't remember ever having trouble. The ones I think about as troubled is like when we've been down at the rally, people hate going over the Bridge of the Gods and the Hood River Bridge. Those are really serious graded bridges. All right. And here's one. Uh, how about you woke up to a frozen seat? Yeah, Definitely. Uh, I've had uh, those experiences, usually at altitude. You know, you're riding through the mountains and you're hot and then you stop in the evening and you camp. And the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning and there's a little dust of frost and you know it's coming because you're rolling around in your sleeping bag all night. <laughs> yeah. And despite having a sleeping pad, you you can feel the aches setting in and you just know <laughs> that uh, it is going to be a chilly Chilly morning, and um, of course, I always ride carbureted bikes, so that adds another layer of fun to the mix. Oh yeah, like fire it up and get out of there, you know. 
Yep, yep. I've had it happen to me several times. One of them was up at uh, Chief Timothy down in uh, in Oregon at the lake up there, and uh, got up in the morning, and that black seed of mine was now white. Ooh. And then I had uh, I had it happen another time in Hood River with my friend Jim, who uh, he had packed a little uh, bonnet to put over his seat, and I laughed at him that night. I said, ah, look at that. What are you doing? It was a little Tuono to put over the seat. And in the morning, we woke up, and I looked at my seat, and he looked at me and, and he kind of winked his eye. <laughs> he laughed last. <laughs> <laughs> It seems to me you ha- you woke up one morning and had ice on the inside of a tent. Yes, that was down in uh, Skamania, down yeah. in uh, Stevenson. Yeah, because I had decided to go down and visit with the uh, the local chamber of commerce, and they were having their awards dinner in January, and I went down there and woke up, and all that moisture condensation froze to the inside of the tent. It will surprise no one that I did not go with you to that. Smart <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. How about uh, you knock someone else's motorcycle over? I've never had that happen. Not yet, anyway. Okay. I guess that's... You see, I'm a, I'm a long-term advocate of social distancing, so I usually... <laughs> Before it was for, trendy. <laughs> for one reason or another, whether it is uh, motorcycle parking, COVID-19, or dating, I like to stay six feet away. <laughs> that explains so very much. And, and procreating, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what about, uh, has anybody ever knocked your bike over? Oh, God, who could tell? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're six feet apart, probably not. Yeah, I always I look around. And I go, is that is the uh, is the steering uh, is the steering a little straighter than it was when I left? Maybe somebody <laughs> did knock it over. <laughs> I had a guy back into my bike at the ferry one day. That wasn't very pleasant. Oh no! Oh yeah. See, that's another reason to ride a cheap motorcycle because you just uh, that's one less thing to worry about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How about uh, you got a flat tire in the middle of nowhere? Uh, you know, I, knock on wood, uh, I have never had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I once, yet. and I once rode, uh, from Seattle to, to Guatemala and had to buy a new rear tire off the wall of a coffee shop. Um, <laughs> only in Guatemala, only in Guatemala, but it was like uh, coffee shop, had, motorcycle retail. So they actually, they ran a tour company. And uh, they had a little coffee shop in there, and the only uh, motorcycle dealers in town had all full-on knobbies or full-on street tires, and I needed a dual-sport tire. And I was talking to this guy at this coffee shop who owned it and ran the tour company, and he looked over at the wall, and he said, I think that'll fit your motorcycle. <laughs> I said, well, how long has it been there? And he goes, I don't know, four or five years? <laughs> has it been on the wall the whole time? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, let's make a deal. And then I went and I had them install it, and I rode it uh, all the way to Florida. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. That is a story. I bet you didn't have that on your bullet points. Let's ask you that. Who has bought a motorcycle tire off of a coffee shop in Central America? Huh? Where <laughs> there you go. Guys? It can't be yeah. that many. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, uh, changing your own oil in a foreign country? You done that? 
I have done that. Yeah, Mexico and Guatemala, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you got to clean your air filter when no replacement is available? Ah, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't really clean air filters. You, you, you actually don't know what one is, do you? Yeah, I don't. Uh, no, I, I've never done that. You know, I mean, I haven't. Uh, like the bike still starts and still runs fine, so I don't have that much power to begin with. So I probably don't notice, notice any slippage. But I, I, I've never cleaned my <laughs> air filter. I've replaced them, but I've never cleaned them. You just keep it up. Just keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, uh, there's a closet in your house where old gear is accumulating. Yeah, it's called the living room. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, it piles up. You know, I do find that from time to time. But I, I, I keep a pretty minimalist profile on that. But what about you? I mean, you've turned over jackets for testing yeah. and articles. And I all have kinds. several places where it's accumulating and now is the perfect time to take an hour or two and sort it all out, get rid of the stuff I don't need and hey, maybe I get part of my house back. Hey, that'd be a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and what about Connie because she's the uh she's the Kim Kardashian of motorcycle gear. Many people don't know that, but uh, I like to look sharp, you like, know. I never see her in the same motorcycle gear twice. I can honestly say that. Because yeah, you've uh, never seen me on a motorcycle twice. She yeah. just keeps handing it off to me and going, here, get rid of this. Here, get rid of there this. I don't want this mesh jacket anymore. Get this yeah. out of here. And, you know, I, I'd like to say there was a motorcycling reason for that, but it's generally like, you're going to have to get me larger gear. I can't fit into this anymore. <laughs> Well, that's another reason you know that you're a uh, a motorcycle monkey when you have to upgrade your <laughs> yeah. gear for size reasons, yeah. right? I've been too many cafes and you know. yeah. <laughs> How about uh, uh, you've incorporated a motorcycle event into your travels? You know, I don't think I've actually done that yet. So when you went through uh, Mexico and South America, you didn't. Uh, it was just to go and not an, an didn't event. drop into any yeah. races or anything like that. Yeah, you know, I really I didn't start uh, going to motorcycle events until about two years ago, really, and oh. uh, I haven't uh, I have never done that really as a destination ride. I think that uh, there are some cool ones out there though, but um, I have never done that yet. Have you? Well, I've I've uh, I've been to like uh, car shows and stuff where there's bikes. And that's been kind of fun to drop in on. Um, I, I was up in Kelowna, and I dropped into a, a car motorcycle show up there. That was kind of cool. But in terms of, like, buying tickets for a flat track race that was uh, 500 miles from here, I haven't done that yet, but I, sh- yeah. I probably should. Yeah, go down to, like, the Sacramento Mile or something like that, right? Yeah, since we don't have a mile up here anymore. Yeah, I know. We used Love to. It. <laughs> Derek, your voice sounded so sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Uh, you have successfully navigated a flock of turkeys. I uh, just uh, fellow riders in the turkey department. No actual <laughs> wild turkeys. What kind of animals have you have you uh, had to navigate though? Because I know you know if you go down in, in Mexico, South America, you've had to navigate some flocks of something. Well, dogs are uh, a popular one that you have to escape from down there because there's a lot of stray dogs. It's not uh, a popular it, one with me. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. <laughs> Not just in Mexico. Those were found in North America as well, indigenously. Idaho specifically. Uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, elk, deer, um, you know, I think uh, those I think those are the main ones. I have uh, I haven't seen um, any turkeys though. That's an interesting one cuz turkey flocks of turkeys they kind of move at their own pace. Well, there are lots of turkeys in the gorge. There's turkey broods. And uh, I have had to navigate them on numerous occasions. Uh, I've also had to navigate a herd of elk who just appeared around a corner one day. Sure. And that that could have sent me to the hospital, but I fortunately was wide enough out in the turn that I, I, I caught, caught them in my eye before the bad thing happened. So no crash in that one. Well, you know, I always wonder, I think down uh, towards the Florida Keys somewhere every year, there is uh, like this this mating ritual where all these crabs move from one side of the uh, oh, peninsula yeah. to the other. Have you ever seen that? I've seen it on TV on shows. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah where they go across the road and yeah, everybody and runs car, over them. Yeah, the cars just run over them. But I always think, what if you're if, if you're on a motorcycle, not expecting that? I mean, can you imagine you you tip that over and there's a wave of crabs coming at you? I don't. That's that wouldn't be a good experience. That would but, become yeah. another one of those cheap motorcycle movies, you know. Yeah. But if it was right. raining really hard and you decided you needed to camp, at least you'd have some food available to you instead of those <laughs> yeah. MRE rations. Something to boil up, absolutely. <laughs> Silver lining. All right, well, we could go on and on for days with this, but I think what we'll do is we'll take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how to offset your moto carbon emissions. We'll be right back. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com slash rally. Hey, I'm John from Briar, Washington, and, uh, well, it's not real local, but... I like going to John Day, Oregon uh, for the rally, and Highway 19 is an awesome ride. Hi, this is Misty from Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Derek Roberts, the editor at home, and uh, Connie Adams, who is our, uh, I don't know, sidekick. There we go. <laughs> sidekick in a sidecar. Wing woman. <laughs> Anyways, um, for this part of the show, we're going we're gonna to talk about carbon emissions and offsetting your moto carbon emissions. Um, just because it's a it's a really great month to talk about stuff that isn't like so close to home, although it's all close to home. But 
Um, as motorcyclists, uh, we love to tootle the country and explore new places on two wheels, but uh, we are leaving a carbon footprint out there. Uh, there's obviously a faction of riders who like to do 20K, 30K, even higher every year, and uh, they most definitely are leaving a carbon footprint out there. So if we're going to enjoy our passion, uh, there are actually things we could do to offset our carbon footprint. Um, let me give you another example of this. Um, at the BMW MOA rally, they're expecting maybe 5,000 riders, <laughs> if maybe. it even happens. Yes. Uh, and if each rider was to, say, travel a 1,000 miles round trip to get to the rally, and a motorcycle got 35 miles to the gallon, then each rider would expend 554 pounds of CO2. Now, if you multiply that by 5,000 riders, we're talking about 2.77 million pounds of CO2. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, the average American is estimated by CarbonFund.com to produce 50,000 pounds of CO2 every year. So that little rally, 554 pounds, not such a big deal, but, you know, it all adds up. And there are things that we all could be doing. And so I'm just going to go through the bullet points where we could talk about them. Um, they're not in any particular order, but uh, first one I came up with was uh, ride the bus now and then. Because... You know, I live up here in North Seattle. Connie's over on Queen Anne. And uh, just for me to go back and forth to her house is a 14-mile round trip. But if you add that up a couple times a week, I'm, I'm blasting some carbon out there. So uh, I found, you know, I could take the bus every once in a while and do it because that bus is going there whether I go or not. So uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it takes the car out of it. And also living on Queen Anne and, and you living in Belltown. Derek, we're very walkable. I walk downtown. Uh -oh. Yes, walk, walking is uh, is a big part of life. And uh, I was going to uh, to wait to announce this, but I have actually decided that uh, for one episode every year here on the Sound Rider Show, I am not going to come into the office to record it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> would and that be it. the April episode each year? Well, you know, that <laughs> until is the, the virus uh, is found. Right now, I that's mean, uh, uh, it. Just happens to be coincidental, <laughs> but I want people to know that I am committed to a higher cause, other than. Uh, this motorcycling, but you were you way know, ahead of the curve. Yeah, when you mentioned this, the uh, the first thing that actually came to mind was a, a same sort of uh, pathway as you, a vehicle exchange. But you know, I know it's not moto carbon emissions, but carbon emissions in general would be maybe to commute on your motorcycle once a week as opposed to drive if you're a driver. Mm -hmm. That's and, a good point. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so smaller engine and a uh, little less displacement there. So that's one way to kind of manage that while still enjoying the the sport that we all love. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll have another alternative to that as well in a moment here. Uh, in fact, I'll just jump to it right now. Uh, get an electric vehicle as your next bike or car or whatever. And in where we live here in the Pacific Northwest, all our power is primarily is like ninety nine percent wind generated and water generated. So that CO two impact from the generation of that power is about as minimal as it gets. So if, uh, now, you know, I have an electric bike, and uh, I haven't been able to ride it for a while, but I'll be able to get on it very shortly here. 
And uh, that makes a big difference. So like I said, if I go back and forth to Connie's on the electric bike, I have no carbon footprint, not even what I would put down from being a passenger on a bus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we got electric motorcycles. We've got a lot of, uh, we, we've got an electric scooter that came on the market that's here now that, uh, what do they call it, the new NUI? Yeah, NUI, I think is that, uh, are they out of Taiwan or are they Chinese? I can't remember specifically, but uh, they're carrying them at some of the area dealers here in Seattle. Yeah, and they got the zero motorcycles, which, you know, these are not practical vehicles for long I was going to say, what are the ranges on these, though? Yeah, so, you know, like, like, like the new is like a 50-mile range. And the zero motorcycles are maybe, I don't know, 75. You can't believe what you read. When they tell yeah. you 100, you can you know, divide it by half or whatever. But Well, officially, zero motorcycles are up over 200 miles according to their, uh, to their specs now. So if you get the extended tanks and that kind of thing, we're, we're a little over 200 miles for official details there. So they found a stretch of road that was 200 miles long that had a six-degree grade going downhill? <laughs> hey, as long as you can technically get there. <laughs> it counts. Yeah. You can qualify. That's right, yeah. Well, how about this? How about just uh, planning or adding on to your, uh, your recreational trips? You know, every once in a while, people like to take a little uh, afternoon jaunt on a Sunday or something like that. But maybe you clear out one of your panniers and you make that the same trip that you pick up the eggs in the milk, right? So you can kind of. Yeah, condense your trip. errands. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. And make it uh, kind of an enjoyable way to take on some everyday tasks um, where you can get the best of both worlds, get out there and ride a little bit and uh, hit some things on the way home. Yeah, Progressive Insurance was uh, kind of doing a push on that when you could get the little device to plug into your car, and they wanted to see how many trips you were taking and then see how many trips you were taking where you're actually running a, a series of errands before you got back home. Sure. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, reduce air and cruise travel because, you know, airplanes and cruise ships are probably some of the biggest carbon producers of all in yes. terms of travel. It's just so hard to ride your bike to Paris. I know. It's tough. Connie makes a great point, yes. <laughs> but maybe you only go to Paris every other year. <laughs> like the way we go to Hawaii, we only yeah. go every other year. Yeah. Now, this is a great idea if you ride a motorcycle, because if you give up that trip to Paris every year, that's going to give you more time to have a more localized trip at home on your motorcycle. I prefer to go to Paris and just rent a Peugeot. That is uh, <laughs> the way that I like to do it. Yeah. To get them with a ventilator, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, revitalize your landscaping. I don't think you can actually do this, Derek, because you're in an apartment, right? Yeah, I've got the ultimate green setup down here. I've maximized my landscaping uh, to a T. <laughs> you put a bunch of cat grass out on the patio? You know, I, if I had a patio, I would certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for a lot of people, if you've got a big yard with a big brown lawn in front, you could totally redo the whole thing, put some trees and shrubbery in there and start cranking out more oxygen from those plants and offsetting the carbon up in the air. So, it's, so your, your suggestion for people is, say, like every 
I don't know what, 5,000 miles you ride, you plant a tree. Is that what you're getting at? Hey, there you go. That's a great idea. Offset your carbon emissions. I like that. And you know, actually, that leads us to the next one, which is uh, you don't have to do anything. If you just can write a check or just make a payment, you can purchase the carbon offsets annually. And um, there are websites you can go to where you can actually tell it, hey, I'm a single person, and they'll, they'll tell you how much you can put into uh, carbon offsets. And then they can go and plant the trees or rejuvenate the soil or fix a wetland or whatever. And uh, you don't have to do anything other than that. Boy, I don't, I don't want to sound negative here, but I'd really want to see some uh, proof that all that happened. I just have this sense of sending money out someplace, and who knows. So we will produce an article about this in the April issue, and there is a link where you can go and do that. Oh, okay. So, well, um, you guys can't see it here, but I am shedding a, a tear of uh, joy and pride at that suggestion because there's nothing I like better as a red-blooded American than buying my way out of problems. <laughs> and... Uh, that is the uh, the best suggestion I have heard all day. Just throw a little cash at it. Yeah. Well, you just wait till you get that that uh, check from the government to help you out right now, and you just right. dump it all into carbon offsets. Dump, carbon dump it all into us. ventilator making. <laughs> yeah, ventilator stock is uh, well, it's up and down. Let's just say that. So uh, next one here is uh, reduce your MPD on trips. MPD, miles per day. Mm. You know, a lot of people, especially motorcyclists, we, we, we're going to do an overnight or a week-long trip or whatever, and we just think we have to be in the saddle all day. But we don't. Yeah. And so we're going to go do the road trip tour coming up here, <coughs> and we're going to uh, have, I think, it's a, I think it's an average 150 miles a day this year. That's very low for those trips. <coughs> That's really low, but we're going to see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and, and it gives so people we're going time. to learn about these places in the Cascades more. We're going to see a lot of things that, if we just blast past them because we got to be in the saddle for four hundred miles that day, we're never going to see all that stuff. Yeah, I think people will appreciate that. Actually, I think it, part of to me any kind of travel is learning about where you're going, and uh, you know, so being able to s- have some time to stop and see all that is great. Yeah. Any yeah, you know, you want to uh, take some time uh, while you're out on these trips. You want to take some time to have a giant uh, bonfire and practice your deforestation skills. So you know, <laughs> well, you got to stop and see the giant out. chicken or the giant egg. You know, yeah, yeah the giant egg. There's, that was fun. There's history there. You got to find out about that. that. Was really fun. We've had some fun times on the road trip tours and the Sasquatch tours. Yeah. I think there was one time I didn't have a good time on the Sasquatch tour, but I recall all the that. other times I had a really good time. I recall that trip. <laughs> uh, and also, when you're booking your travel, when you're planning out your travel, build in some off the bike days. Like if you're going to go to a national park, I could speak from experience, and we've talked about this on the show before. Um, I would have much rather have parked my bike the day I toured around Yellowstone than having actually ridden it because I think I threw my leg over that seat about 50 times that day. And uh, I would much rather have just paid and got on the, the tour bus or one of the yellow cars or in Glacier National, it's the red cars, and, and, uh, and just done a trip that way, I think, you know, just at least a day, maybe two. I just long for the day to go back to a national park. 
Yeah. Yeah, when those get back open. Well, I tell you, you talk about, uh, you know, sometimes the strain of touring and uh, you go to a destination and it can become rather uh, cumbersome getting on and off the bike. We talked earlier about ways you know you're a motorcycle monkey. How about that is one rite of passage, right, where you uh, pack all your camera gear and you think you're going to take all these pictures, but you get on and off the bike so many times the first half of the day that you leave it in there the rest of the trip. There you go. (laughs) I don't need no stinking pictures. Yeah, enough's enough. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, next one is, uh, buy locally produced foods and beverages whenever possible. I think in this area, we're pretty good about that. We we're certainly aware of it, maybe more so than other areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a big deal in the We food. can't do it all the time because we can't grow bananas here. Mm-mm. You're not getting citrus. But, uh, I know from doing this that, um, We've got way better lamb that comes right out of Oregon here rather than buying the stuff that gets shipped on a boat out mm-hmm. of New Zealand. Well, I, I know for a fact that Derek buys food from Belltown. So. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wasn't produced there. but <laughs> did, you, did you buy lamb that was grown in Belltown? You know, I usually stick to pigeon uh, mostly <laughs> down here. I find that to be most native. But uh, it, was, it was unfortunate that that one turned out to be a neighbor's dog. But you didn't know, really. <laughs> You know what's nice about pitching? They're in season year-round. That is true. <laughs> they never go out of season. Well, hey, how about a throwback? This was probably four years ago or so now, but I did write an article for Soundwriter called uh, Eat Local and Fuel Thy Adventure, where I uh, highlighted some of the uh, snacks that are perfect for motorcycling that are made all in the Pacific Northwest here. Yeah, that was a great article. And, so it's uh, still in the archives out there. You can still search it on the archives. Yep. That's right. Maybe I'll rerun that in April because we say. don't have anything to talk about otherwise. Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> should go back for April. <laughs> or we do an update on it maybe because there's, yeah. there's other new stuff. And that's, that's the other thing too. You know, when we talk about foods that are produced locally, we're not just talking about fruits and vegetables. We're talking about packaged foods like you say with the snacks. Uh, we're talking about beverages that are, are made locally. Uh, one of my favorite ones is one I won't have until the end of the day when I'm off the bike, but there's plenty of wine that's local. I don't have to yeah. pay for some guy to ship it on a truck up from California. So um, another one that won't hurt anybody, and I'm not saying to completely cut it out of your life. I'm just saying reduce your intake of meat protein because the carbon footprint on raising cattle, whether they're grass-fed or corn-fed, is uh, substantial, but I want my steak. I want my ribs. My burger. Yeah, I want my burger. Um, but, you know, with doing the Mediterranean diet, I've learned a lot of alternatives to meat protein. Um, they don't have omega-3 in them, and I want omega-3, so I'm still going to get my, my grass-fed beef and my salmon. But um, things like uh, falafels, things made with chickpeas, uh, hummus, uh, a number of beans and nuts. Uh, you can really up your protein game without eating those those high carbon emission proteins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this is information that you will not get on any other motorcycle podcast. Here, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> you're with the pros from Seattle Dining. Why you why you got the Soundwriter show on? 
That's right. You get a double dose here on this uh, this shelter-in-place special. That's what uh, this is. And while you're sheltering in place, bullet point number 10, evaluate all the electrical things in your home. Maybe now is the time. I don't know. Yeah, you can get to the hardware store, can't you? Maybe. They got yeah, essentials. Yeah, essential service. Yeah. yeah. Um, now's the time to maybe uh, move your home to all LED lighting. Uh, now might be a good time to take a look at that refrigerator and say, hey, that thing's 30 years old. If I replaced it, I can really reduce the energy cons- consumption that's going to happen. You'd be saving yourself money on electric bill, and at the same time, you'll also be knocking down your carbon footprint. So... All just things to kind of make you feel better about you're doing something rather than nothing, and you're going out and playing on your motorcycle. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard that same excuse. I've been watching a lot of daytime TV, but I heard that in uh, Divorce Court uh, when I was watching that. He said, ah, it's been around for 30 years. I want to trade that in for something that's lower emission. Uh Uh-oh, then that was his wife. Oh, (laughs) Derek. I, I hope that judge was not a woman for his sake. Hey, I was just telling you, it's a lot of daytime TV around here while we're <laughs> it's all very, playing. very <laughs> sad right now. <laughs> all right, let's take a little break, and uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in North Bend, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from, whether you're shopping for a used cruiser, sport tour, dual sport, adventure, dirt, sport bike, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hello, this is Joey from Joey's Moto Dump and Junkyard on Maury Island in beautiful British Columbia. One of my favorite rides is in Washington from Mapton to Big Colton on the Glade Road. I like to just drop the throttle and let it roll. But right now, I'm listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show. Tom, Derek, Connie's here too. And uh, it's time to do some tips and tricks. What do you got, Derek? All right. So uh, most parts of the nation, uh, as we record this at least, and probably well into the month here on April, are dealing with different forms of quarantine, work-from-home situations. And uh, my tip is to... Stay active if you plan on riding a motorcycle when this all returns back to normal because uh, many of us are going to be looking to take longer tours if this does lift in the summertime here and nature will not be there to guide us. So we won't be doing our 20 mile trips, our 40 mile trips, our 100 mile trips and then into our multi-day tours. Uh, A lot of people are going to be out of shape 
not as strong as they were during the summer last year and hop on the bike and go, yeah, I can do a seven-day tour, and they're not going to have the strength or the stamina for it. So bust out some push-ups, do some squats while you're listening to this podcast, and uh, make sure that you're staying at least reasonably healthy so that when you've got the uh, opportunity to go back and ride again, you can you can hit it hard like you want to. That's a good one. Yeah, you know um, what? I would I would sort of tag on to that and say it's it's a great time to spend some time reading about stuff. Maybe you know how how they always have those uh, for for motor vehicleists the the you can maybe get a discount on your insurance if you take a class or something like that. Maybe this is time to do an online class or to go back and review rules of the road and stuff like that so you're ready intellectually. I yes. I am going to jump back on I'm going to jump back on Derek's and comment on that one and then I'm going to comment on yours since it just kind of He just a coffee can. Sort of stacked <laughs> up on each other so fast. Uh free weights is my way of uh doing some of my toning. Uh, I'm not going to go and try to bench press 100 pounds or anything like that. But uh, I have noticed that if I do free weights ahead of riding, uh, my body's pretty toned up to where I can operate all the controls, feel comfortable on the bike. If I had to pick it up, I could pick it up. Um, so I totally agree with you on that one. And, uh, you know, they told us, get out and exercise. And uh, I'm out still doing my three miles a day walking. So uh, you're right. Don't sit around and be a couch potato. Make sure you take an hour or two even and get up, get out, walk, do some yard work, work on the bike. I break a sweat when I work on the bike. So uh, usually because I'm looking at how much I'm going to have to spend to fix stuff. (laughs) And then a a nervous sweat is a sweat nonetheless. (laughs) Connie's is a good one, too. Um, I know, Derek, you and I have talked about the importance of maybe pulling your manual out once a year and reading your owner's manual. Um, you can download the current PDF for your operator's guide for, or whatever, I don't know, what do they call it? You're, you know, it's the same thing, the same book you get at the, at the DM, DOL, DMV about, I think it's called the Motorcycle Operator's Guide. Mm. Um, and see what the – there may be a state law or two that went by you that you didn't know happened. Mm-hmm. So it uh, never hurts to refresh. And, and right now, we can't be going out and taking motorcycle safety classes, so that's not an option. But we can still be learning and, and uh, you know, before you start binge-watching the next uh, drama on Netflix or something, maybe you can take a little time and up your game on the motorcycle. So that, that may mean you have to cut out Judge Judy, Derek, but – yeah. Ah, I don't know if I can do that. I can't commit that. <laughs> I can't give everything up. Yeah. <laughs> and then my tip goes back to the couch. Uh, this is a great time to go and watch old motorcycle movies. And uh, you got time to do a little homework and find some. There's some really fun ones out there. Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, of all the motorcycle movies, I think five of them were actually really good. <laughs> and the rest of them were really schlocky, which makes it fun and entertaining. So uh, that's right, a different kind of entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 go and watch uh, Hot Chrome and Cold Metal tonight. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a thumbs down on that. <laughs> I was looking up uh, Cycle South the other day. Really cheesy motorcycle movie from 1971, and someone uh, put all the segments up onto YouTube, and then you can go and watch each part. 
which gives you time to, you know, take a break in between each 15 minutes or whatever. And so uh, fun, that's a fun one to watch. Yeah. And I think uh, there's still, we have, um, you know, obviously the, the touring books and the road trip books, but there's a, there's a few, uh, let's say, uh, leisure reads that are at the Soundwriter store still, aren't there? In terms of DVDs? Uh, books. 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 Lots, of, lots of books for trip planning available on the store. That's uh, a fun thing to do right now, too. Start yeah. dreaming. Get those tour books and start dreaming. Yep. Plenty of them out there, and uh, soon we'll have one for the road trip tour, the Cascades. And But, uh, yeah, if you're thinking about... You know, some some rallies may not happen this summer, but you may still be able to ride. So you could start looking at alternatives to doing a rally and see what you might want to do. And we've got we've got uh, twenty road trip and Sasquatch books now. We've got uh, a half a dozen guides to riding in the Pacific Northwest. We've got atlases for every state that is uh, west of the Rockies. So there's plenty of there. And, of course, we appreciate the support, too. And isn't there a new book coming out from Dr. Greg Frazier? There is. There will be a new book coming out from Dr. Frazier. So we'll have more information on that on Soundwriter in April. All right, folks. Have we done it? I think we've done it. I think we did it. Yeah. All right. Look at that. You can't stop us, coronavirus. Come on now. (laughs) That's right. And and if if we're lucky, we'll all be uh, at least Derek and I will be back in the same room together in May. But uh, until then, ride safe, ride well, or just ride if you can. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you back here on the May Show. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved. Which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.